following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, what's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday! How are you on the first Sunday in December? It's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Wow, does it feel like Christmas yet? It already feels a little bit like Christmas. How many of you already have all of your Christmas shopping done? Hang on, keep your hands up. I can't turn my neck that fast. We got a few. Hang on, stay, stay, keep it up. Y'all a bunch of slackers. We got to get going, y'all. Yeah, I don't either. I've got a few done, but not everybody. It is, uh, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas and feel a lot like Christmas, and for multiple reasons. A, it is that season of the year, but also this weekend has been something spectacular. It is a... I, f- I feel like the Lord uh, over Freedom Weekend gave a whole lot of people uh, just the best Christmas gift ever, and... The gift of salvation, the gift of freedom, the gift of water baptism. Over the last two days, we have already water baptized right at 100 people, y'all, so far. Come on, the Lord is up to something amazing. Aren't you grateful? I am extremely, extremely grateful. And today, um, we have been looking forward to this weekend for so long and and as a staff and as a team because of freedom weekend because of baptism weekend because today is the day that we're bringing our end of year offering to the Lord and it is just it's a spectacular day and it's a day of celebration is really what it is it is a a massive day of celebrating what God is doing and I don't know about you, do you ever have those moments in your life where you just stand back and you really don't even have words to say? Like, I feel like this is one of those seasons for me where I, I try to put words around it and I just, I just can't adequately describe how good God has been. And... I love those seasons of life. Listen, I know there's ups and downs just like everybody else's life. And I know there's going to be other seasons where we're fighting to just, come on, let's go. We're, we're fighting through it. But I think in these seasons, we have to be very, very quick to celebrate and thank the Lord for what he's doing. Come on, you have to understand that what the Lord is doing around here has nothing to do with anybody on this stage. It has everything to do with him and him alone. And that's why we give glory and honor and praise to him and to him alone. And so we celebrate the goodness and the faithfulness of our Lord today. And as you know, we, we have been building to this weekend as our end of year offering celebration where we are going to bring a a gift to the Lord today, and I, I, I don't really have a, a full sermon to preach to you because 
baptism and, and worship, we, we knew because of baptism would run uh, 30 minutes today. And, but I just, I want to share with you kind of what I felt like the Lord led me to for this day. And to do that, I want to draw your attention to John chapter 13. And I absolutely love this moment in the life of Christ that he has with his disciples, with his followers, with the people that were closest to him. And he has this intimate moment, this intimate discussion with them. And I think as followers of Jesus, you and I can all take away something incredibly powerful from this moment. But the timing of John chapter 13 is also incredibly significant. There's some things that will take place right after this moment that literally change the course of the world. There were some things that take place right after this moment that would literally change the course of your life. Like not just some kind of fairy tale, I literally changed the course of all of our lives. John chapter 13. I got a, quite a bit of scripture to read, so just stay with me. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, and he takes off his outer clothing, and he wraps a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, how many of y'all would respond like this? Lord, are you going to wash my feet? <laughs> Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Peter could not understand how Jesus had just taken this position, and it dawns on him that, that, that something just do doesn't seem right. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Oh, you can tell Jesus what to do now. Let's see how that works out for you. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Not so, didn't go so well. Then the Lord, then Lord, Simon Peter replied, I love this, after he'd been rebuked by the Lord. He says, not just my feet, <laughs> but my hands and my head as well. He just wash me, wash me, Lord Jesus, he says. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. So we're bringing out the basins of water. I'm just kidding, we're not. I'm not doing that. Some of y'all, I didn't, I didn't cut my toenails in a week. That's gross, I'm sorry. He says, I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. 
Now, here, here's the passage that I want to key into all of this, and it's verse 17, and he says this. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And here, here's where I want to draw your attention to this idea and what's so powerful about this thought is that Jesus immediately speaks to the difference between knowing and doing. He says you can know it, but there's a difference between knowing it and applying what you know. And he's very, very clear in this passage of Scripture. And obviously, Jesus is talking about serving here, but the principle plays out in all walks of life. The difference between knowledge and application. And over the last several weeks, you know that we've been in a series around here that we just simply entitled Return to Sender. And we've been talking about the tithe, and we've been talking about generosity and, and living a generous not life. And if you're new to Christian life, if you're here with maybe a family member that's getting, getting baptized or you just walked in to visit for the very first time, let me, let me be really clear with you. We don't talk about money every Sunday here at Christian Life, but, every, but this time, about every year, we do. We pause and we talk about a principle that is woven all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament. And as your pastor, I would do you a disservice if I only preached to you the things that were easy for me to preach, if I only preached to you the things that tickled your ears, the things that you like that you just make, ooh, yeah, the things that get you on your feet, I would be doing you a disservice. And I... I will have to stand before the Lord one day for what I present to you, and I would do you a disservice if we didn't talk about something that is woven throughout the entire Word of God. Not just one small section, but it's woven throughout the entire thing. And there's so many, so many people in the room who already practice bringing your tithe to the storehouse. And I want to tell you thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting what the Lord is doing through this house. We are here because of you. We are here because of your faithful tithing, this church building, this new building that we have the privilege of being in is because we are standing on the shoulders of men and women who have sown faithfully into the kingdom of God for the last 30 plus years here at Christian Life Austin. You are faithful. You are faithful. And I want you to know that though I was one of the people back there water baptizing people, you have, you have just as much of a part in the life change that is taking place in the hundred people so far today that were water baptized. And to those maybe who are in the room or who are watching online and you, don't, you haven't started practicing tithing or generosity I hope that over the last few weeks you haven't felt I hope you haven't felt it to be condemning by any means because my guess is the many of you that don't practice tithing yet it's not because you have a bad heart it's not because you don't like the Lord I think my guess would be it's because you probably just don't have a clear understanding of what the Lord says about it and so that was my goal that Lord over the last three weeks that you would let the, the light bulb come on 
so that people would see through your word, not a pastor's opinion, but through the word of God, what you say about tithing and what you say about generosity. And hopefully that has been the case, and that's been my prayer from the get-go. And, and hopefully now, as a church, we have a more clear understanding or we have knowledge of what it means to bring our tithe to the storehouse, what it means to live a generous life. And now, here's the beauty of it, now that we have the knowledge, the application is up to us. Now that we know what the word of God says, now we, we get the choice to make a decision on how we are going to apply that. And here's what I know. This is what I've learned over the last 41 years is this. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's just the way that the Lord works. And... And here's, here's what I know, here's what I know, here's what I know. Oh, the beauty of it is, here's how I know that you will be blessed. Not because I have a feeling, not because I just think that, but because God has made you some promises about it. Let me, and I thought it would be fun to just share a few of the promises. Are you ready for them? If you have your phone, you're going to want to take some pictures of these scriptures. Because again, it's not my opinion. This is, the, this is what the word of God says about you living a generous life. Watch. Psalm 112 and 5 says this, good will come to those who are generous. Proverbs 22 and 9, the generous will themselves be blessed. What is God telling us through this? That good things will happen to me when I'm generous. If you're wondering what happens when you learn how to be generous, the Lord is very clear that good will come to those who are generous. Psalm 37, 26, watch this. The godly are always giving and lending freely. Ooh, this is, I like this right here. Their children will be blessed. Amen. When, you learn, when you learn to apply what you know, when you learn to be generous, the blessing doesn't get stuck with you and with me. It gets passed to the next generation. The people that you're raising in your homes right now. Wow, again, this is, this is straight from the word of God. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. And here's the promise. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, let me give you the cultural context here. You, you probably know this, but if you don't, this is, this is powerful to know about this. In the Bible times, almost everyone was a farmer. So when you looked inside a person's barn in their, in their vats, it represented their livelihood. And what the Lord is communicating to you and I through this scripture is if you and I will learn to live a generous life, he's telling you, I will bless your work. If we learn to be generous, I will bless your business. I will bless how you make a living. But a lot of these promises, y'all, are conditional. It requires application of the knowledge that we have. And God says, now that you know, if you will do this, here's the promise. 
Proverbs, this goes along with what we just said, Proverbs eleven twenty five. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Proverbs eleven twenty four. the message translation, I like the way that the message says it. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. What does this mean for you and I? You want your influence to increase? Learn to be generous. Guess what happens when, you're in, when your influence increases? You have a bigger sphere of influence, which means you now have more of an opportunity to share your faith with people outside of your small little circle. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Philippians 4.19 says this, and my God, this is what happens when we learn to be generous, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now let me be very clear about this. Make sure you understand. He says, I'll take care all of your needs, not all of your greeds. I'm not up here preaching some prosperity gospel, no. He says, I'll take care of all of your needs, not all of your wants, all of your needs. And there's, there's so many more, and I, I don't have time to go through the dozens and dozens that are still sitting on the pages of Scripture today, but I thought as we, we kind of conclude our, our series on tithing and generosity that it's, it's nice to know what the Lord does and how He honors a generous life. And it's just the way that the Lord works. He honors a generous, generous person. As we close our time out this morning and we prepare to take and bring our end of year offering, I want to tell you a story. It was my senior year of high school. Oh, Lord, those were great days. Holy cow. And our family, my mom and dad, my sister and I, aunt and uncle and cousins and a couple of their family friends, our parents decided to take us snow skiing for the very first time. Man, I was pumped. I was excited. I wanted to go snowmobiling. That's what I was most excited about. It's funny how you, things you remember 20-something years later. We get there in Colorado, and some of the people already knew how to ski, I was not one of those. Like, put me in the ski school, bro. I need to learn what I'm doing. So I did. Ooh, I had those green, the bunny slopes down. Bah, bah, bah. I was like, I'm athletic. I play sports. This, I should pick this up. This should be no problem. Not so fast, my friend. So... I have, I have a few cousins, and they'll probably be in the room today at some point, but they, they have a little more risk-taking in their nature than I do. And they, one of them had been skiing a lot. He's, he's several years older. One of them is my age, had not, but he just picked it up so quick. I mean, I was like, bro, how do you do this so well? 
And they talked me into going off of a, I don't even know what it's called, a double backflip diamond purple green mountain. I'm not sure. <laughs> and peer pressure got me. Sure, I can do this. It's cool. Here we go. And I know, I'm like, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. I don't know why I'm doing this. Oh, here we're in. And I'm going down, I'm going fast, and it hits me. Brad, you're going too fast. This is not going to end well for you. I was correct. So I'm like, problem solved in the middle of this. Like, if I get to the bottom of this mountain and I'm still going this speed, I'm going to end up in the parking lot in the back of a car. Boom, something crazy is going to happen. So I'm like, I got to fall. So I turn to the side. And I'm like, I got to fall over. And so I fall. Well, when I fall, obviously because the mountain's going this way, I fall this way. My left ski sticks in the snow and I fall over it this way. And I, I felt something pop in my knee. So I, my senior year in high school, so cool, senior, let's go. 30 seconds later, there's a ski patrol. I'm in the little thing laying down the mountain going all the way down the mountain that was me you're welcome they y'all they have like massive vans 15 seater vans waiting at the base of the mountain to take people shuttle people to the hospital had you showed me that before I got up there I'm not getting up there take me to the hospital put me send me home on crutches they say listen chances are You've, you've hurt your knee pretty bad, but when the swelling goes down, your doctor back home will be able to tell you. And I'll never forget the feeling. My dad was with me sitting in the doctor's office, and the doctor telling me, I played baseball, baseball season, senior year was about to start. The doctor telling me, listen, you've torn your ACL, messed up your meniscus. You're going to be out for about a year. No, no way you're playing high school baseball, which devastated you in the moment. You're like, oh, I was crying. But the crazy part about that is, is before I went down that mountain snow skiing, I didn't even know that I had an ACL. They didn't teach me that in the science class. I didn't take the elevated science classes. It's just the basic stuff. I didn't even know that I had an ACL. But here's the crazy part. They say that an ACL is about the size of your pinky. And something so small that I didn't even know existed debilitated my body when it wasn't functioning properly. And there's some of you in the room today as we prepare to bring our end of year offering that the enemy is trying to slip into your head and tell you that what you're bringing today doesn't matter. That it has no significance. And I need you to know that what the Lord has laid on your heart this morning matters more than you know. Here's what I know is that we are better together. Every, every part matters. Every piece matters maybe you're not an arm today that's okay maybe you're an ACL that's okay this little piece of fiber 
the size of my pinky that I didn't even know existed because it wasn't functioning properly, debilitated the whole body. And I want you to know how much your gift matters today. That when we as a church don't do our part, whatever that part is, no matter how big or how small, it's your part that allows the body to function at maximum capacity. It's your part, you playing your part, me playing my part, that allows the body of Christ to walk out the potential that God has in store for Christian Life Austin. And if you don't play your part, and if I don't play my part, we're not functioning the way that the Lord wants us to function. So I want you to know today that what you're bringing to the Lord matters. And you playing your part. I said it just a moment ago to those that have sown into the house for 30 plus years that they are just as much a part of the water baptisms and the freedom and the salvations that took place over this weekend. Can I tell you today, you are making a difference in the lives of other people when you sow into the kingdom of God. People's lives are being changed. Would you stand with me all across the room? Band and worship team going to sing a song while we bring our tithe, while we bring our end of year offering to the storehouse today. There's several ways that we can do this. Our ushers are going to be going around just like they normally do. They're going to be passing the buckets around. If you're writing on your envelope, please be very clear. Designate end of year offering. Make it really, really clear. Maybe you're giving online today. You're going to see a, a QR code that will take you directly to the end of year offering tab. But I want to pray over us right now before we dismiss, before we sing a song. Don't leave after this. Let's, let's worship together, and then I'll come out and close this out. Lord, we love you today. What a joy it is. What a joy and an honor it is to bring, to bring a, a sacrificial gift to you today. And Lord, we, we hold it before you, and we tell you, take it and use it for your glory, Lord. Let the seed that we're sowing today impact the Multiply it, Lord. Take it and use it beyond what the number says, Lord. You can take it and break it and bless it. And let people who are so far from you come to know the saving grace message of Jesus Christ because of what we're sowing right now. Bless this end of your offering. Bless those that are sowing it so sacrificially today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen.